We are in week five of our series, uh, Missions Going Into All the World. And this week we're going to travel to Botswana. I'm going to introduce you to a friend that I've known for over a decade. Una and I met in 2012 on a bike ride from Cincinnati to Washington, D.C. for the benefit of International Justice Mission and to raise awareness for human trafficking. And then a few years later, uh, Una began traveling uh, across the country to raise awareness for her homeland and for her dream and passion to build a pediatric hospital in Botswana with a, a big bus, an old school bus. It's called the Barona bus. And that bus spent a day parked at Ashland First Presbyterian Church where community members were able to come and visit with Una and her uh, compatriot uh, Leah Foster to uh, talk about this crazy dream of to build a hospital in Botswana. And then even the crazy bus ended up in our driveway so it would be safe. Didn't realize you could get a, a school bus in your home driveway. And then a few months later, there was a youth conference called Voices in Dilly, Texas. Actually, one of our own, Libby English, who was then in high school. Uh, Libby was able to travel with Melinda and I as we participated in raising just the understanding that uh, the impact that our youth can make in, in the world at large. A little bit about Botswana, it's located about 8,100 miles from here. It's in the southern part of the African continent. Uh, the population is about 2.3 million. So join me now as Una and I talk. There you are. Hi. Hey. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Hi, Tom. Hey, Luna. How are you, dear? I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay. I was so oh, good to okay. see you and hear you. It's good to see you. But <laughs> I, I dug out my uh, cycling jersey from our trip right i see that yeah i was looking through pictures it was last week i was looking through all the pictures and i was like oh my god a different time totally yeah. different yes who would have thought right i mean you're on the front line in so many different ways yeah. right? and so the weariness right that we've all had yeah it's uh it's a lot. <laughs> it's it's a lot. Right. Yeah. Just it just feels like um, we can't catch a breath. That's what right. it feels like. Right. So it's just heavy all the time. So yeah. Right. So I mean, yeah, I can remember riding with you in the the mountains of. <laughs> Southern Ohio, right? We were headed to Washington, D.C. And you, yeah. you started sharing this vision for, you know, building a hospital in, uh, for children in your home country. And it's like, yeah. how does a person do that, right? The vision is still there. I oh, absolutely. But, right. Um, so I came back 2016. Uh, so what happened? We rode in 2012, right? Right. Then I I worked in Brooklyn, right at the time, and I worked um, until twenty 
2015. So in 2015, I um, went to Boston Children's Hospital and did a global health fellowship with through the Harvard um, through Harvard University. And after that, I did a year of that, which meant I, I went to Ghana and Liberia and Rwanda. It was actually a really good experience. It was good to, to experience healthcare in other, other settings. Um, and then after that, after a year of that, I decided I, it was time to come home. So I came home and joined the University of Botswana um, as the lecturer. Uh, I quit that <laughs> and took a job with the Ministry of Health. I quit that and went back to the university, which is where I am now. Okay. So it's very, oh, it's a lot, Tom. It's a lot. Yeah, I can't imagine. I don't even know where to start with it. So, um, um, you know, I think I always say that for me, um, the vision calls me, right? God calls me. I feel like I always say medicine calls me. I didn't choose it. And I, I, I feel very strongly that I am doing what I'm called to do. I feel very strongly that I am graced for the work that I do. I feel very strongly that I am living in the surrender of that calling, of that vision, of that um, being in God. I mean, God's hands that way. Um, it doesn't make it less difficult. Right. Um, but it does make it possible to do the work and to do, and, and I think because I, I do the work for, I do the work out of my calling, out of my purpose, out of my, out of the vision God has for my life. I think because I do it from that, um, I continually have strength, if you know what I mean, because I I'm continually gaining strength from, you know, I can do all things through Christ. I feel like because that really is the only lifeline through, I, through which I do the work, um, it makes it possible to do the work. It is very difficult work, though. Um, the U.S. system is very different. Like in the U.S., there was, there, there was there were, the U.S. has its own frustrations and its system has its own issues. But I think the thing I appreciated about working in the U.S. is um, the how resource rich uh the place was and how that actually impacts outcomes so when you're not constantly looking for somebody who's properly trained to do a surgery or somebody or or, or medications for this or equipment that allows you to do this or technology whatever it is you know whereas here it can take so long <laughs> to do things that you know I was able to do so simply in the U.S. and that impacts outcomes um, and it's really uh, it, it's, it's draining because that uh, I think 
the work itself is hard, right? I'm a children's ICU doctor, so I treat critical children. So because resources are limited, they're often shunted to very basic things. Mm -hmm. So when people think critical care, they think, well, that's resource rich and we, we can't afford that. And it's like, Honestly, the things that kill our children in Botswana are so much, quote unquote, simpler. I know that sounds weird, but like, um, let's say one of the top three killers of kids in the U.S. would be cancer, right? In Botswana, it's diarrhea, literally diarrhea. And it's like so much simpler to... (laughs) to treat diarrhea or to manage diarrhea than it is to treat cancer, you know? So what it would take, even our critical care, what it would take to do critical care in Botswana is really not that complex. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like, it needs a, a culture shift, a, a mind shift. It needs us to look at things differently. And it's very difficult to be one of the only people who are trained in that kind of looking at things. Um, so it's hard. It's really hard because, um, yeah, it's hard. You feel you feel very alone, but you also have a much greater impact because you know. In the U.S., everybody is trained very nicely. Everybody has colleagues who are... Like, the impact doesn't feel as dramatic as it does here. Um, When that child survives... So I remember, if I I remember back to 2017 when I first came, when I first came, we had... Oh, I don't know. A very, very, very high mortality for children who went to the ICU and in fact the ICU was just treated like a like a holding place for kids who are about to die so they were not expected to survive which I was mortified I was just like what no you know kids can survive so anyways our first child to survive everybody was amazed and it was such a it was such a celebration, if you will. And it was finally like people being like, oh, we can actually do this, you know. And just from when I first came, when everybody was expected to die to now, when nurses would call you in the middle of the night, any little change, they call you and they're like, Dr. Una, I think this and this and this. And you're like, oh, yeah, let's do this and this. and this. Because they know there's a chance. They don't have to, you know, give up before they even try. So the impact keeps you going. Like, I think seeing the change also helps. Um, knowing that you're called and equipped and graced and held. Mm-hmm. Um Plus seeing the results of that calling, that gracing, that surrender, that of that work, you know. Um, I think all of that is important in in allowing me to go on. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, I, and I think too that your resolve, I mean, 
I don't know what you, what you took away from our, our bike ride, but you know, I was thinking as I came down to where I'm at here today, there was this huge hill, you know, that I, I just kept going up and up. And I remember one morning we were in West Virginia, right? And I just remember we kept saying to Paul, when's the top? When's the top? He's like, just over the ridge. Just a little bit more. That was so... Right. That's right. But but I think in terms of your own character, and I think that's why I wanted to so grateful for the conversation, because I think as Americans, we take so many things for granted. And as someone who came and lived on our shores and you sort of see it, and remember we said on the bike ride too, that once you know, you can't unknow. So even the idea of what you experienced here and you take that back to your homeland and you share that with the nurses and you help them look under the cover a little bit to see what's really possible, how, you know, yeah. your vision and hope at the same time, it's like just knowing your heart and where you just reading your tweets that you have over the, it's just like, this is just hard stuff. And hard is an understatement. It is just really, really hard because if we have an issue here in, in our hometown in Mansfield, we just, uh, we pick where we want to take our children to have care, right? There's multiple, there's yeah. two hospitals and there's, five urgent cares and you decide out of your convenience where you want to go in a place like Botswana, you know, and the idea too, that it's the critical care is around issues of like diarrhea. I mean, we can fix those things. Uh, They're not huge, but it's a mindset. Yeah. It's, um, I, I feel like my, you know, talking about resolve, (laughs) Um, this year I decided to take my health back and I started running again. And my friends always like, how do you, how do you do it? Cause once I go, I just go and I, I will go until I hit my goal. But I feel like that is sort of, I started running because I felt like I was, not I felt like I was actually in a slump I was depressed I was just not eating right and my health was suffering my blood pressure was sky high and I needed to do something like I needed to do something so sometimes I feel like the why of why if if you always put the why like why do I treat children because God handpicked me to treat children you know um he's never gone back on picking me to do the work that I do so why should I go back you know what I mean um if I start writing because you know I was writing it was the year after my mother had died and I wanted to honor her legacy and like that was my why why would I stop why would I stop honoring my mom who was such an important part of my life? Or if my health is getting better because I'm running, why would I stop? You know? So, so it's, it's, it's like, yes, the, the, all, all the difficulty and all the, the things that we have to deal with the pain, the suffering along the way, as long as we have our why, um, I feel like you can, you can do it. <laughs> uh, true. But exactly, it, right. Right. But even the, I mean, I, I love the book of Psalms, right? Because 
David knows his why in so many different ways, but there's a lot of places where David's going, why, <laughs> right? The, the, the voice inflection changes. Yeah, I, it's not that I don't know my why. It's like, I really want to know why. That's exactly it. Like, just because you know why you're doing it doesn't make it smooth. Right. Doesn't make you not question. Doesn't make you not tired. Doesn't make you, you know, not anxious. Like, all of the emotions, good and bad, or good, not, not necessarily bad, but good and not so nice are all part of it you know what i mean what are, what are the you know what's the one or two things you think you want you know americans particularly to know what do they need to know about what it is that you're doing and you know beyond praying you know how do we raise our awareness of of coming alongside i mean i realize the need i mean again i've never met a person who wanted to build a hospital right i mean it's like that's just a crazy dream uh, but to watch how you've leaned into it and the conversations you've had, and even to know that it's still not quite there. And then to go figure out, like we all did, all of a sudden there's a global pandemic, right? That sort of blows it all up. And so, you know, and, and God's still on the throne, right? We believe in his sovereignty and his place. And it's like, okay, God, how am I supposed to find my place and my why through that? So I think it's a, it's a large question, but I just think, you know, you've, you've experienced the American dream to some degree, you've been on our shores, you know, what is it that you want people to know and share with you? Um, hmm. mm. <laughs> I want people to know that we are not as different as we think we are. Um, and I think the pandemic is showing that, you know, we're all affected by the same thing maybe not at the same rates or maybe not in the same way, but we're certainly in the same uh, same sort of jaws, if you will, of the pandemic. So I want people to know that we're not, we're, not, we're really not that different. Um, I also want people to know that um, I still want to build a hospital. <laughs> we actually got the land for the hospital. So we're now, uh, some friends of mine and I, so some friends I went to high school and I, we bought, we bought land in the capital city of Botswana. And we are, one of, one of the friends is an architect and he's busy like going through plans of um, the hospital. And then we have to figure out a proposal and how we're going to get funding but I want people to know that um, for me when God calls you um, he equips you when he equips you it doesn't mean that you won't feel um, all the emotions of the work that he's called you to do you will feel it. But honestly, if he's called you, he will equip you, he will enable you, and it is okay for you to hold all of those tensions within you. It's okay to feel like you're graceful for the work, but it's also okay to wrestle with the work. Um, and that's probably what's always going to happen. It doesn't mean that you should give up or you shouldn't walk in your calling or walk in, in the way that God has set for you. As you think about what you what God's led you through, right? 
and your journey to America and you've been on our shores and you've seen and tasted and then the joy and the frustration too to take it back to your homeland because it's just it's not America in so many different ways right it's very complicated yeah. uh, but but you're right we're all human beings and so whether you're in Botswana or my friend Jeff's family in Cuba or my friend Steve was in Haiti um, you know the idea yeah. is that we're all that human story that God's writing a story and he's invited us into mm -hmm. it. And sometimes that story means yeah. you're going to ride a crazy bicycle up a crazy long hill that you don't think you're going to, or you're going to spend a hundred miles on your bike on a day and <laughs> how hard that is. And yet how beautiful that is because you find out it's just one pedal stroke after the next. Right. And that, and we find our delight in him. And in those moments, it's okay to say, God, I'm not really happy about where I find myself because of yeah. the weight and the responsibility and the giftings we have, right? So I can't imagine being a critical care you know, doctor in, in your hospital system, in your land. So maybe you could describe a little bit right now, just what's life like in Botswana? In a, we're still not post-COVID. So, I mean, what's, yeah, because I, the vaccines, are they available there yet? Yeah, but they, they, we don't have enough vaccines. Um, but what is life like? I live in the capital city of Khaboroni, which is, um, so Botswana has two and a half million people, so <laughs> pretty small. Uh, so I live in the capital city, which is pretty modern, you know, supermarkets, cars, restaurants, movies, those kinds of things. Um, and it, it's, it's modern, but it's also a, a, an African city or an African setting. Um, so some of the, well, how can I describe it? You know, a lot of, it's easy to have infrastructure, right? It's easy to build roads. It's easy to build hospitals. It's easy to build schools. I have found that living in Botswana is difficult for me because even though a lot of the infrastructure is there, a lot of the human resources isn't there. So for example, our COVID hospital um, is a 450 bed facility and we're only using probably a hundred ish beds. And that's because we don't have the human resource. Um, so you need the nurses, you need the doctors, you need the cleaners, you need everybody else to run the hospital. So I find it very difficult because we don't have a lot of that human resource. For example, when I worked in, in New York and I was at a children's hospital and you could you had children's surgeons, whether it was neurosurgery or ENT or like you you had your pick of the of the children's surgeon <laughs> that you needed, you know, and we don't have a single one in our public health system. <laughs> So it's, um, it's very hard. It's very, very hard because you feel like you could be there, but you're not. <laughs> and, you know, with the pandemic, I feel like the lid is just off now because it's like we need vaccines. We don't have them. And then it's like all oh, this politics around getting vaccines. You know, we need nurses. We don't have them. We need meds. We don't have them. It's just. And, you know, with the pandemic, it just, it's, 
it's on and on and on like since the pandemic started so you just the healthcare workers that are here we just feel tired we're just like my gosh can it all just like calm down <laughs> can it all just stop for a second so we can breathe oh <sighs> so yeah I don't know if that answers your question. Well, I, I mean, it does because, you know, life isn't much different no matter where we are, right? We're all struggling with the same things. And I think even here in the States, if you're watching anything, you know, from the news, I mean, it's the variant, the Delta variant is climbing. Uh, cases are escalating. Uh, we've had twice as many cases in Ohio as we did a week ago. Even with the vaccine, people are still getting sick. And then at some point, you know, where do you find the faith to begin to move, continue to move on because we can't just stop life, right? And that, you know, where do we find hope and where do we find joy and, you know, peace and to know that, there, and I can't imagine being a doctor, you know, going to the hospital and then leaving, you know, with the weight and responsibility that they're, you're leaving patients behind who, because of what you know, right? Literally your giftings in your heart Maybe the people you're yeah. working with don't understand that. And so it's so yeah. hard, so hard. Yeah, it's very hard. It's very hard, like, especially with the pandemic, because, my God, I, we see so much more death than, I mean, medicine is hard anyways. And as an intensivist, as a critical care doctor, you see a lot of death. But with the pandemic, you see so much more death. So it just feels very like you do have to, to find the strength or the will to wake up and still go to work, knowing that you're going to see that degree of suffering that you're not used to. Um, so where do you find that will? Where do you find that strength? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's okay to hold um, the tension, you right. know, it's okay to say waking up because God has given me this gift and he equips me for the work that he's called me to. And at the same time, I feel so just burnt out and upset and sad over the whole situation. You know, both things are true. One doesn't take away from the other. Right. You know, and hope, you know, that calling, that strength, that will, that equipping that God gives you ultimately, you know, you use it to kind of help you navigate and overcome the the sorrow and the difficulty and the <sighs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah, totally everything in that last size sort of wraps it up because Again, I've shared it in the last couple Sundays, the tension. I like that word that you use because even in, in the story that God's writing, we know the end of the story, right? I mean, we know that he, Jesus is king. It's just the tension comes that it's the not yet. We have to live through it, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. just, that's the messy part. And then in the midst of that, you work through your own brokenness and your own difficulties and, and even the idea of exhaustion. And I totally get it, uh, but I'm grateful uh, that technology can connect us, right? And that, that so you need to know when I, I don't do it every day, but I, I spend a couple of days a week where I go back through my Twitter feed and I'm looking at, and when I see your posts, your honest posts, you know, just like, here's what I pushed through last night. 
you know, in those moments, I'm praying for you because I know that's that our God is a God of provision. And in the moment, even though we're thousands of miles apart, you can sense his pleasure and his delight and even his power. And, and it, yeah. it doesn't make it any easier, right? It's, it's still the complication of we have to live our lives to get, you know, and push into it each day, which is better than not living our lives, right? <laughs> Much better. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Tom. Thank you for your prayers. And well, I, I mean, yeah, my, my, my pleasure and my privilege, because, uh, again, the shared story we had and uh, you're risking, you were such a, an amazing gift to the team. And then just what God's done with that. And then, and I'll share some pictures about the crazy, the bus that ended up in our driveway, you know, yep. and the conversation yep. came out of that and the great fun we had on the back port, back, you know, the back deck with amazing meal and company and Leah and just the joy of all the team that was there and knowing that it was a vision that is now changed again because the bus is somewhere, what, in South Texas uh, yeah. on a river. Now, Tango <laughs> bus. Yeah, right. And that's just, yeah. there's beauty in that. And I think that's the part that I don't want to miss. And so I really value uh, the yeah. you know what God brings and, and awakens us to and the shared story and just wish I, you know, knew how to leverage, you know, the things that you're trying to do. Um, grateful for your time. I, I, I don't want to take any more of it. I just, uh, and it's not long enough on the other hand. And I wish Melinda was here because, uh, again, I... sorry, she's working. Great new nurses, right? She's uh, now the dean of our, of the health sciences. She, she became that in January. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... That is very good, actually. I've been, um, we have been trying to get some of our nurses trained um, in neonatal care, and it's, it's very difficult to find because all of our care is just basic care. So, right. a lot of our are general nurses, which is fine, but some of the areas really need specialized nurse training. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear she's the dean. That's important. Well, we'll be praying for you Sunday morning here stateside. And I'm so grateful for just the shared story. And I, I hope there's a day not too far in the distant future where maybe we could actually be in the same space together. That would be so much fun, wherever that might be. I know. <laughs> One so, day soon. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And, and blessings. And um, just know that uh, you're doing good work. You're doing amazing work. And thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Tom. Good night. Okay. Thanks, Luna. Oh, good day. <laughs> Yeah. Rest well. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's my hope in this series to show, first of all, how connected we all are. And if I remember... As we talked to Steve Storkel in week one about his passions for Haiti, and then we talked with my friend Jeff Fernandez and all that's going on in Cuba, and even with what Una is doing there in Botswana, the thread is really just making Jesus known and by being present to those that are in need. We don't have to go across the world to make the difference there, but to also see that we're all pushing into building the kingdom together. And you can hear Una's heart as she thinks about her homeland and the needs there. And some of the needs are very basic. And so we want to pray for her and her mission and, 
even the faithfulness of what happens next now that they have land to build a hospital on, just how the necessary funding can become available uh, so that lives can change because of proper medical care. But with that, would you join me in prayer right now? 